Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Good evening, everyone. Tonight is Thursday, April the 9th, 2015, and we are getting to, um, we finally made it to the book I've been looking forward to getting to for so long, and that's Revelation. And uh, we'll be going through it very slowly and because there's a lot of history and a lot of symbolism in it. And I think, in my opinion, one of the biggest mistakes that a lot of people make with Revelation, you may, may agree with this too, Eli, is uh-huh. they, they tend to lump everything into this age we're living in now. Instead, it's, 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 there's a lot of history in it. I mean, because we have to remember the Bible was written to our ancestors as well. Right. So Yahweh's not going to leave them out and just make this apply only to us, you know. Um, so it covers a lot of history and 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 touches on a lot of different uh, events. Yeah, it also starts out uh, by saying uh, these are these are visions about things that are shortly to come to pass. So, mm-hmm. and uh, they well did. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but here let me um, let me read the survey for this because uh, it's it's always good to get the point of view of universalists. <laughs> Yeah, we, we can use a good laugh before we, we, we get can't, started. We can't do without those, right? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. anyway, the key to this book is found in the opening verse, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Main purpose is to reveal the person of the Lord Jesus Christ as the Redeemer of the world. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's the main purpose of the book of Revelation. Uh, not even as Redeemer, it's hardly any. Uh, there's a couple passages about him being the redeemer of Israel, mm-hmm. right? Certainly not of the world. And uh, there's maybe he, way... the world, maybe he meant the world of Israel. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's a book of prophecy. That's what it, that's what it is. I mean, yeah, uh, it is. Yeah, I mean, it's history uh, and prophecy. I mean, yeah, it history, just covers yeah, exactly. a huge time span. You know, with yeah, pretty much from from thirty. AD, you know, all the way up to the end of end of the Earth age. Right. Earth yeah, age. and and we'll find that uh, some of the uh, sub uh, subtopics, uh, sub themes, uh, you know, go take us all the way back to 5000 BC. So, uh, but uh, from the point of view of John, as he's uh, uh, being dictated to. Uh, he should have recognized some of the uh, statements as being true in his era, okay? Mm-hmm. Anyway, he continues, and as a conqueror of evil and to present in symbolic form the program which he will carry out, by which he will carry out his work. The structure of Revelation is built on four great visions, each of which contains one aspect of the person of Christ in his capacity as judge of the world. Well, that's, you know, I never would have... Uh, Looked at it that way. Uh, he's he's judge of the world in any case, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, there's uh, several visions. Uh, we'll let me make a note of it. Four or more. I think there's there's probably more. Okay, and uh, especially you know when we get back to the uh, to the eight beasts, uh, which is one major sub theme, and uh, the uh, what do you call it the uh, the the churches the seven churches actually seven congregations that's another major theme and then there's uh, various uh, in, insertions of visions to the kingdom or, or the throne of Yahweh okay that's another sub theme but that's scattered throughout the book of Revelation in various parts so the, there's at least three and we'll see uh, there's probably more. Each is laid out in a different scene, and each advances the thought of the book of... Oh, yeah, and there's Mystery Babylon. There's a, you know, that, that's a major theme. 
And then the, the last couple of chapters, Gog and Magog, so that's another major theme. That's five at least. Revelation begins with the letters addressed by the Lord, or Yahweh, to seven, seven actual churches of the apostolic age. That's correct. Which were typical of the churches of all time, I would say. Uh, in a sense, that's true, typical of the churches of all time, but more typical of church ages Mm-hmm. That that, uh, that uh, our our people, the Israelites, have gone through since mm-hmm. since the coming of Christ until the Judgment Day. And he, con- he concludes, or uh, he continues rather, in them he voices his commendation and criticism, concluding with a warning and a promise. And that's only part of the first three chapters, namely the the seven churches. Beginning with the fourth chapter, the seer is transferred to heaven and beholds things which must be here and after. Through a succession of judgments, the seals, trumpets, and the bowls, the earth is is in, punished for its sin. So the seals, trumpets, bowls, these are all different themes. So you can say we've got at least eight different themes going on here. Uh, okay. And God's wrath ushered in. No indication is given of the length of the process though it seems to accelerate toward the end. Uh, no, I wouldn't say that. But, of course, he qualifies it with the word seems. No, it's a pretty, uh, the the layout of the book is a general progression of history from the, uh, you know, from the time of John to the Judgment Day. Okay, so, and uh, although you could say the last few chapters, you know, cover a lot of ground, Eighth Beast, the, uh, Beast and the False Prophet, Gog and Magog, you know, the, the Wedding Feast of the Lamb. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, those things, uh, all, you know, but there, we're in the middle of all that now. The only thing, we're just waiting for the Wedding Feast of the Lamb and mm-hmm. the Battle of Armageddon, Gog and Magog. Okay. In the 17th chapter through the 20th, we are given a detailed view of the consummation of the age. Uh, yeah, that's, that's accurate. The return of Christ in glory with the armies of heaven, the establishment of the kingdom and its conclusion in the final judgment of the white throne, and the creation of a new world are depicted. The last vision continues a third by describing more fully the nature of the city of God. The conclusion of the book is called a call to devotion. When Christ does return, actually it's a it's a it's an expression of damnation of evil. <laughs> it's what it is. When Christ does return, holiness and industry obligatory upon his people. The prayer at the end should express the desire of all Christians. Even so, come Lord Jesus. Uh, and uh, he doesn't say anything about the uh, millennium, which is good. You know, the millennium that, uh, after which uh, the uh, you know, the world is judged, then there's a millennium, and then it's judged again. <laughs> so he mm-hmm. he isn't uh, an advocate of that theory, which we'll get into detail when we get to that point. Okay. okay. All right. Okay. Um, we'll go ahead and get started. Yeah. <clears throat> the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must come, come must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John. Okay, so this is the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's Christ himself dictating this to John. Yep. <clears throat> Who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ, and of all things that he saw. Blessed is he that reads, and they that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. Okay, now, for the time is at hand is kind of a common expression. Uh, Certainly in the case of these prophecies, uh, they were already occurring, you know, their fulfillment was already occurring in the time of John. So it definitely is at hand. Uh, But, you know, even we know that in the book of Acts, the apostles who saw Jesus, to whom Jesus appeared after his resurrection, were hoping that the kingdom would come right away. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And of I course, can't blame them. I would, I no, would the same way. Right. <laughs> yeah. And believe me, I think we're even more impatient, impatient than they were. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, but uh, for the time at hand for the fulfillment of these prophecies, and that is for sure. Okay. <clears throat> Verse 4, John to the seven churches. And again, these are the seven church ages, not literal well, churches. Yeah, well, it should be congregations, okay? 
seven congregations. Yeah, and uh, this is, as the uh, survey said, and it's quite accurate, it's both literal congregations. And figurative. And and figurative ages is Mm -hmm. what the the proper interpretation of, you know, these first three chapters is. So so we'll get right into it. Grace be unto you, and peace from him which is, and which was, and which is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before his throne. Um, what would you have? Do you have anything to say about these seven spirits? Is that um, uh, well, they're probably uh, you know either cherubim or archangels. Uh, not okay. not sure which it would be. Okay. okay. <clears throat> and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. And he has made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. And to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Now, of course, he's speaking here to Israel, because the entire Bible is addressed exclusively to Israel mm-hmm. and to no other people. That's why I, I, I objected to his statement that he is the redeemer of the world. Oh, well. No, mm-hmm. he's not. He's the redeemer of Israel. And, and what do you about saying, judge Mr. of the world? <laughs> they always say that. Yes, exactly. Verse 7, Behold, he cometh with clouds. And speaking of a cloud of people, that's what he's talking about here. Right. Cloud of his people. And every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him. And all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. And this is a good reason to, for uh, when uh, Paul says, uh, likewise, that he comes with clouds or in clouds, he's talking about people, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. the dearly departed. Mm-hmm. He's not talking about, uh, you know, thunder, thunderheads <laughs> and cirrus, right? <laughs> right? And, but, but then the earth shall wail. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, he, when he returns, it's not going to be a happy time for the vast majority of people, except for those who really want him to come. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't say anything about a rapture either, does it? No, it doesn't. <laughs> Verse 8, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, says the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation, and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. Now we have to take John at his word that that's where he's at, the Isle of Patmos. In which prison. Was, he was in prison on the yeah, Isle of Patmos. Right. And uh, so everything suggests now, uh, first of all, let me say, uh, every every source I'm aware of documents this as being around 90 A.D. Okay. So this puts the lie to preterism Right, right then and there, because they mm-hmm. claim that everything, everything, already popped, happened. yeah, already happened by seventy A.D. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. this book wasn't even written until ninety A.D., mm-hmm. so you know it's lunacy, absolute lunacy. <clears throat> verse eleven. Oh, I'm on verse ten. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, speaking of the millennium, which is the Lord's day, and heard. Behind me a great voice as of a trumpet, saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And what thou seest, write in a book, and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, and unto Smyrna, and unto Pergamos, and unto Thyatira, and unto Sardis, and unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. Now, of course, uh, Asia being Asia Minor. Asia Minor, yeah. And uh, even here it's the pretty much the westernmost section of Asia Minor, what we call Turkey today. Okay. Yeah. And I turned to see the voice that spake with, with me, and being turned I saw seven golden candlesticks. Now these seven golden candlesticks, they are represented representative of the seven church ages. Right. And um yeah. we can find we'll we'll see that when we get to verse twenty. And actually the better translation is lampstand, not okay. candlestick. Okay. Because they represent you know, that's what you had in the in the temple. You had lampstands filled with oil. 
not they're not candles. They're not candles or lampstands. Okay. And in the midst of the seven you, candlesticks, you can, yeah, lampstands, candlesticks, lampstands, um, one like unto like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment, down to the foot, and girt about the paths with a golden girdle. Now, Son of Man in the Old Testament. The the word man in this expression, son of man, is always Adam. Okay, mm-hmm. so and, and it's, it's never man is never translated in this expression from Ish or from Enosh or from any other, because there's at least seven or eight different Hebrew words that the King James translates as man, thus falsely equating the, these references to different races. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so we must be consistent. Son of man, we're talking, means son of Adam. That's what it Ready means. Ready man, white man. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <clears throat> Verse 14, his head and his hairs were, like white, were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire. And his feet like undefined brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. Okay, and as if they burn in the first, uh, you know, because uh, the Old Testament talks about Israel being refined in a refiner's fire. Okay, and uh, so you have to heat brass up really hot. <laughs> mm-hmm. For uh, how do you heat it up? The more white it looks. Okay, because it gets a kind of, you know, it goes from red uh, to white. You know, the hotter a metal gets, the more white it turns. So, um, so I think he's trying to describe all well, this. Uh, he, when he comes, the, the heat that he brings with him is going to burn the earth, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And we'll find out that's the case later on. <clears throat> Verse sixteen. And he had in his right hand seven stars. These seven stars are the angels of the seven congregations or churches. Mm-hmm. Again, we'll see when we get to verse twenty. And out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shines in his strength. Okay, the two-edged sword is, of course, truth. Okay, and especially, uh, you know, anyone who speaks the truth, uh, you know, it's a, it's a two-edged sword because we People get like you. <laughs> well, yeah, right. <laughs> if you if you speak. The truth that reveals evil other people have done. Yeah, they'll want to come back at you for speaking the truth about them. But also mm-hmm. it's because it, uh, you know, we are get we get caught in our own hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. So for that for that reason, it's a double edged sword. <clears throat> Verse seventeen. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me. Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Write the things which you have seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. The mystery of the seven stars which you saw in my right hand, and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches or congregations. And the seven candlesticks, which thou sawest, are the seven churches. Okay, so that's self-explanatory. Okay. Mm-hmm. But um, it, doesn't, it doesn't tell us that there's a dual fulfillment. Okay. Which is the only way you can figure that out is by doing uh, a double check with history. And we find out that there is a dual fulfillment. Number one, it's it's describing the actual congregations that were named, okay, and then it's uh, it doesn't necessarily mean that those congregations continue throughout history, but the spirit of those congregations does reemerge in the future in in various different places, okay, and and we'll we'll point those out, okay. Okay. Chapter two. Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus, write, These things saith he that holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. Okay, and the word Ephesus 
means desirable. Okay, and um, we're talking here what thirty to sixty-four A.D. approximate. Uh, yes, yes, okay. exactly. Uh, and this is according to uh, Howard B. Rand's book, Study and Revelation, which I think he has uh, up until the uh, Church of uh, Philadelphia. I think he, he may even explain the Church of Laodicea well as also. But uh, he had difficulty uh, identifying the eighth beast. He actually had difficulty identifying the seventh beast and the eighth beast because uh, his study really doesn't go that far. But you know that's an excellent book. Oh, it is. Study in yeah. Revelation. Yes, that, that uh, I highly recommend. That of all books on Revelation, that's the one to read. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the others are are just mere guesswork compared to what he, he did. He really he backs up everything he, he says in there, really, yes. with, with, with historical facts. So, uh, yeah, it's a great book. Yes. Um, verse 2, speaking to the church of Ephesus, I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And you have tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. All right, so... This is historical. He's talking about the people at Ephesus, and uh, this is the the early Christianity. So this is, represents the city of Ephesus, but it also represents early Christianity across the board. Okay? Okay. And has borne and has patience, and for my name's sake, has labored and has not fainted. Because the, the gospel was spread out throughout the Middle East from, from of course, Palestine. And you could say maybe Ephesus was the focal point. Uh, the word Christian was first used at Antioch. Okay, uh, so these seven churches historically are the places from which the gospel spread. Okay, mm-hmm. and he's taking Ephesus as the main, or uh, let's call it the central point or the focal point of the this spread. Was the very beginning of the yes, spreading of exactly the very beginning of Christianity. Okay. Nevertheless, verse 4, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. And And, uh, let me just, yeah, let me just say what he's probably referring to here is there were traveling preachers like Simon Magus and a few others who were already trying to distort the gospel, right? Coming Mm -hmm. into these uh, cities and towns, of course, and uh, trying to distort the message of the apostles, and that would include the uh, Gnostics as well. Uh, I don't think the Gnostics, for the most part, um, were evil, had evil in mind what they were actually doing. Uh, What they were actually doing was kind of blending their, their known tradition with that of the new tradition of Christianity. Okay, they were trying to blend those things together. And, uh, you know, because uh, it's hard to give up your old ideas. Okay, uh, see, uh, that book we talked about is uh, Howard B. Rand's Study in Revelation. Study in Revelation. Okay. Excellent book. If yeah. you all read anything about Revelation, read that one. Really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all the others, uh, you can ignore all the others. <laughs> I mean, I've got at least 16 books uh, about Revelation. And the vast majority of them are pure guesswork, pure guesswork. Mm-hmm. Howard B. Rand relates the statements to actual historical events, and he does it convincingly. Yeah. <clears throat> Verse 5. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come quickly, come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place. Okay. Right. Okay. Well, what are the first works? The gospel. Spreading the gospel. Well, it has to be the law. (laughs) Right? Oh, yeah, the law. Okay. Because uh, that came even before these churches, right? That that Mm -hmm. was there before. And the gospel is actually the continuation of the law with with the sacrificial rituals removed. And that's all that was removed. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, except you repent. All right. Well, if there's if there's no law, why are you repenting? <laughs> yeah. What are you What are you to repent of? Yeah. Okay. 
So this is totally anti-dispensational, anti-dispensational, and anti, and it's pronomian. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Verse six: This thou hast that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitan, Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Yes. Now, of course, the uh, Nico is Greek for power or conqueror, and laity is people. Okay, so the Nicolaitans are those who try to lord it over the people. And how did they try to lord it? This is not a military attempt at conquest. This is a clerical attempt at conquest. And Simon Magus would be one of those. Okay, mm-hmm. so, uh, but of course the main, the main attempt, well, you'd actually have to call the Catholic Church. Catholic Church is the first attempt to establish a priesthood outside of the congregations and force these congregations to accept that priesthood. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so that's what the Nicolaitans represent. Churches like the Catholic Church, and actually the Greek Orthodox Church is very similar. Now I have here, I've got in my notes here, I've got Nicola, Nicolaitans are followers of Nicholas. Uh, okay. Which is the Greek word for Nimrod, mm. and try to impose their will over the Church of Ephesus. So yeah, okay. basically the same thing you say. But, yeah. Um, yeah. But that's very specific. Okay. Yeah. But the uh, the concept, the Greek concept, the meaning of the word, is conquerors of the people. Okay. okay. So so it's very, both and it's true in both specific and general terms. Yeah. Okay. Verse 7, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcomes will I give to eat the tree, eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Is that apples? <laughs> Oranges. I just had to that. ask. <laughs> Pears? Grapes? No, it's, it's oranges. I already told oh, you. oranges. Oh, okay, there we go. <laughs> Well, of course, he's talking about the, the DNA of the white race. That's mm-hmm. what he's talking about here. Okay. Not and, talking about fruit. And, of course, eat is, the word eat here is symbolic. It's not literal. Mm-hmm. Okay, just as it was in Genesis 3.15, right? Yep, exactly. Okay. All right. So this explains a lot. You know, the, the fact is the New Testament backs up the Old Testament constantly. Okay which is in the midst of the paradise of God, which when we are restored, paradise will be restored. Okay. Will that be a good day? Yes. <clears throat> okay, so who that him that overcomes, what does overcome mean? Who overcomes this evil world? Uh, by what? By how? By yeah, by law. obedience. Obeying. Exactly. Obedience, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Verse 8, And unto the angel of the church in Smyrna write, these things saith the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. And we're talking here approximately 64 to 313 A.D. Uh, this right. Word, this word yeah. Smyrna means bitterness and bitterness. trial. Yes. And uh, the most bitter period for early Christianity was when the persecutions began under Nero. Okay. And then, and then they ended... With Constantine, so that's exactly right. Sixty-four to three thirteen is that period. <clears throat> Verse nine: I know thy works and tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. And I know the blasphemy of them which say yeah. they are Judah yeah. and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. Okay. All right, In other so, words, we got some imposters who are pretending right. to be the tribe of Judah, but they're exactly. really not. That's exactly what this verse means. Technically, the uh, Greek word here is Judeos, which means Judea, Judean. It doesn't necessarily it doesn't really mean Judah, but uh, we know that uh, what was going on in those days was that the Edomites had displaced the Levites and the Herodians had displaced, uh, you know, the the um, Maccabean king line. Okay, so it's very obvious who he's referring to. He's 
who say they are Judeans are not real Judeans because they're Edomites, nor are they real Judahites because they're Edomites, but they did live in Judea, okay? So the the fact that they did live in Judea and uh, could at least claim to live in the territory, this is how they are able to fool everybody and into thinking that they are the quote-unquote Real Jews, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So whether you translate this as Judah or Judean, it's obvious who's being talked about here. Mm -hmm. Hail Hitler, hail Hitler, hail Hitler, hail Hitler, hail Hitler. Review Compton Nagu. Somebody's playing games, I guess. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Um, that's, uh, well, that's Heil Hitler, not Hail. <laughs> <laughs> if you're gonna play games, speak German, right? <laughs> if you're gonna, if you're gonna say Heil Hitler, pronounce it in German. <laughs> okay. First All right, ten. Where were we? First ten of chapter two. Okay. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison, that you may be tried. And he shall have tribulation ten days. Be faith, be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. Okay, so the ten days, the days are not literal, right? Uh, okay, they are uh, the ten periods of uh, the ten periods of persecution under ten different Caesars. Okay. That's what he's referring to. Uh, let me see if I can Ebola, find it. Ebola, 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 Ebola. <laughs> How does that guy keep getting on? I, I, I yeah, you. Hangs up and calls in again. I don't know how to block. Yeah, him. yeah you got him. Uh, there, right, you go. there you go. Okay. Double block him. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, the ten days are actually ten periods of persecution by the Roman right. emperors. Right. Okay. And so the first being Nero. The second, Domitian. The third, Trahan. The fourth, Hadrian. The fifth, Marcus Aurelius. The sixth, Septimus Severus. The seventh, Maximus. The eighth, Decius. The ninth, Valerianus. And the tenth, Diocletian, which is said by many to be the worst of them all. Diocletian? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so uh, uh, did you... uh, Okay, uh, a couple of things here. Uh, obviously, You'll never get rid of me. Ebola, 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 Ebola. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, it's hard to get rid of devils, isn't it? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, because they always like hang a, around and they crave attention. It's so, kids, little kids. Yeah. Years old. yeah it's a t- it's a t- uh, um, anyway, so, uh, verse, where were we? Verse 11? Uh, yeah, I just want to say one more thing. A crown, a crown of life. Uh, that the word there is Stephanos, okay, which is a crown earned by gaining a victory. It's not a crown. It's not a crown of uh, dynasty such as the kings. Okay, so this is we're talking about the. We have to earn our victory over evil. Earn our victory over death. Mm-hmm. Okay. Verse 11, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcomes shall not be hurt of the second death. Okay, so you will you you will not your soul will not be destroyed, <laughs> okay? Right. But you, you have to be an overcomer. And how do you overcome? Yeah, by obedi- keeping the commandments. Yeah. Obedience. Yes. <clears throat> Verse 12. And to the angel, and I meant to say, well, I think I covered this, that this uh, church age, Smyrna, church age, we're talking about 64 to 313 A.D. I think I already mentioned that, didn't I? Mm-hmm. Okay, oh, uh, right. the time period. Now, okay, now we're going to verse 12. And to the angel of the church in Pergamos. And we're talking here approximately 313 to 529 A.D. Right, and that's elevation. And, elevation. Uh, and the time period again. This is pretty much from um, uh, Howard B. Rand, and uh, mm-hmm. because this is where the church was elevated over paganism. However, that it was a short-lived victory <laughs> because 
what the Catholic Church did from Constantine forward was to combine paganism with Christianity. So they overcame the persecution that they were, they were going through, but now the the problems of the church are more psychological and uh, fighting off distortions of the gospel. Okay, and uh, the 529 is the the day or the year that uh, Julian, Emperor Julian, um, actually got rid of the Jews. <laughs> he, he banned the Jews from the Roman court. Uh, thus giving the Christians a little bit of a break. Okay. Now it was Constantine's Edict of Milan that actually freed the uh, okay. church in Pergamos from from the okay. persecution um, in 315 A.D. Yes. So, okay. Um, thought I mentioned that. Right. Um, verse uh, 13. I know thy works and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seat is. Mm-hmm. And thou holdest fast my name, and has not denied my faith. Even in those days, wherein Antipas was my faithful martyr, who was slain among you, where Satan dwells. Okay, so Satan's seat being, uh, there was a huge uh, pagan temple at Pergamos. So Pergamos was uh, one of the largest uh, pagan centers of ancient, it was part of the Roman Empire, of course, by this time. Uh, But uh, it it went back to ancient Greece. It was it was a large pagan center even when the Greeks controlled it. So uh, uh, for that reason, it's a, a very long-standing pagan temple. Uh, and uh, I think one of the things uh, we'll find out is that the, there was a huge business of uh, making idols for for the pagan gods and goddesses at Pergamos, which Paul ran afoul of. <laughs> I was about to say Paul got in a little hot That's water right. doing that. Exactly. <clears throat> Verse fourteen. But I have a few things against you, because you, because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed unto idols. And to commit fornication. Okay, so this uh, this is <laughs> my annotated Bible simply talks about teachings, you know, false teachings. Doesn't say anything about race mixing. Doesn't want to mm-hmm. comment on the word fornication, <laughs> right? Exactly, and that goes back to Numbers chapter twenty-four and twenty-five. Right, and uh, and also Numbers thirty-one sixteen, and uh, we, you know, it's the priesthood of Phineas. And what uh, what Balak advised, uh, uh, or sorry, Balaam advised Balak to do was to dress up his his prettiest uh, pagan women and have them seduce the Israelite men, th- thus uh, bringing the Israelite men into fornication. That is, and when you speak of fornication uh, in national terms, it can only be race mixing. That's the only possible. <laughs> type of fornication that one group of people can do with another group of people, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, but of course it included their various idol worships, uh, idol worshiping things. And of course, uh, Phineas put an end to all that when he uh, threw, uh, stuck a javelin between the Israelite man and the Midianite woman that were having sex, right? Right and in the middle would, of the act. Right in the middle of the act, Right. And that when he did that, uh, Yahweh blessed Phineas with a perpetual priesthood, and he uh, stopped the uh, venereal disease that was going around, uh, you know, having already afflicted 20,000 Israelites or so. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, this yeah, is very important. Yeah. Balaam, could, he could never curse Israel, the children of Israel, right. on his own. So he, he got them... To, um, he, he found their weakness. And, right. You know, that's that's always been a weakness of our people. You know, right. Look at, uh, yep. Adam and Eve, or Eve did the same thing. It's know, true today. It's true, true today. To, yep. It's our weakness. We, we For some reason, we can't stick to our own kind. <laughs> right? <laughs> that's right. Mm-hmm. Well, I, well, from this perspective, then, the entire denominationalism of Judeo-Christian is a Balaam worship. 
Mm-hmm. Total bale of worship. Verse 15. So hast thou also them that hold the doctrine of the, of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. Repent, or else I will come unto thee quickly and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. So apparently, this doctrine of the Nicolaitans was the same thing, right? Right. Um, right. Yeah, well, being such a center of uh, paganism, there would have been, you know, priests there who resented Christianity and wanted to, uh, you know, there as well as in 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 Rome itself, Combine paganism with Christianity, you know, and then of course that, them being the leaders of the new religion. Mm-hmm. Verse seventeen: Let he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcomes, will I give to eat of the hidden manna or truth, mm-hmm. and and will give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name written, which no man knows saving he that receives it. And I think the, we have uh, that name is Yahshua and or Yahweh, which was stolen from us by the Jews, okay, and hidden from us by the Jews. And it's only become, in, the, in these latter days, revived. Mm-hmm. So if there is an actual fulfillment that we can know of, this would be it. Unless we're talking about personal names that Yahshua will give to each one of us you know, in the kingdom. That's a possible interpretation here also. Okay. Verse 18, And unto the angel of the church in Thyatira write, These things saith the Son of God, who has his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. Okay, and then Thyatira means sweet savor or acceptable offering. And... uh this, you know, starting from 529 A.D. to 1517 A.D., we're talking about the offering up of the martyrs, many of them being burnt at the stake, which is the smoke, right? <laughs> the smoke of their burning. That uh, okay. the sweet savor of that smoke, which is, you know, it's just a, a, another, it's an expression. Not that Yahweh wants martyrs to die and be burnt at the stake. But uh, but most of these martyrs, the vast majority of them, took their death willingly. Mm-hmm. Okay, they 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 would prefer to die than to blaspheme the name of Jesus and uh, deny his laws. Yeah, we think we have it tough today. Yeah, tough right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got an ingrown toenail. I'm suffering. I'm suffering. <laughs> Verse 19, I know thy works and charity and service and faith and thy patience and thy works and the last to be more than the first. And uh, it mentions the word works twice. That does. Don't tell me works don't count. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou suffered that woman Jezebel, which called herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. Okay, well, this is a continuation uh, of, you know, the Gnosticism and the the false teachers that are uh, all over the place in Asia Minor, okay? Seducing, already the seduction of Christianity has gotten very far. And who is the woman Jezebel? Well, it's probably a reference uh, to Rome, because Rome controlled this entire area. So I think he's using the term Jezebel. Now this was Imperial Rome before we get to the right. Papal Rome. Yeah. Right. Yes, <clears throat> Papal Rome hasn't started yet. Yeah. Yeah. But but even Papal Rome is a continuation of paganism, as we'll find out. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Uh, Verse 21, and I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. Ooh, well, I don't know if he's talking about Jezebel or uh, Thyatira. Okay. I think we're talking about Thyatira here, aren't we? Yeah, well, when he says, I gave her space to repent. Yeah, yeah. And he's probably talking about both, you know, because there were many following the spirit of Jezebel that they... um, 
began to race mix with, and uh, uh, this also includes other kind of sexual sins, which mm-hmm. you would have in a pagan temple, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of uh, the Israelites there were seduced by that. Right. That's just been a constant problem for our people. That's right. Verse 22, Behold, I will cast her into a bed, and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. Okay, except they repent. True Christianity demands repentance for your sinfulness. There's no other way. Of course, the churches don't teach that anymore. No, because the law has been done away with. Right. You don't have to repent for anything. And I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he which searches the reins and hearts. And I will give unto every one of you according to your works. Yes, according to your works. Not according to your belief, but according to your works. Takes work, takes hard work. But unto you I say, and unto the rest in Thyatira, as many as have not this doctrine, and which have not known the depths of Satan, as they speak, I will put upon you none other burden, but that which you have already hold fast till I come. Okay, so the, what you do understand, keep that <laughs> close to your heart the best you can. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, well, again, uh, the depths of Satan, uh, obviously this paganism was spreading around and uh, Rome was part of, uh, you know, spreading it. And uh, uh, what was I going to say? I lost the verse now. I was going to say You were at 25? Uh, Yeah, okay. But that which you have already hold, uh, I got that one. Okay, and he that overcomes and keeps my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. Okay, that's a pretty great promise. We will have mm-hmm. power over nations if we keep his commandments, right, and his works. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say faith here. It says works, keeps my works. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron. As the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received of my father. So the... the The pagan nations are going to be destroyed, and it will be ruled with a rod of iron. So this is the dominion. This takes us back to dominionism in Genesis chapter 1, that the Adamites will rule the world. Mm -hmm. And I will give him the morning star. By the way, uh, this verse now, I think... Mm -hmm. uh, I think Bill Fick would have a problem with this one because he says all the other races are going to be utterly destroyed and only the white race will survive. Well, this verse implies otherwise. So they will How be would broken. they rule over if everyone right. was destroyed? <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, he says that uh, you know the, the 144,000 will rule over only white people. Okay. Well, but the white people will be uh, restored. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, we're to, all white people will have dominion over the other races, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, so, but it says broken to shivers of that is pieces, not utterly destroyed, n- not wiped off the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so verse twenty-seven is a problem for Fink's theology. Yeah, I mean, um, we have to be ruling over someone, right? That's right. I mean, right. Yeah. Well, and the restoration it was when the Adamites would rule over the other races, the the beasts of the field. And when okay. we say rule over, that doesn't mean we're going to there to be beaten on and and no. that kind of thing. We're going to rule with, Yah- with Yahweh's laws. That's right. What that means. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> to the point where they there. won't be able to harm us anymore. Right. Like that. Like it's happening now. Well, they will live separately from us. That's right, totally separately. Assuredly, we won't be living among them, and they won't be living among no, us like they do no, now. No, it will be absolute racial segregation Yeah. When this, when this occurs. yeah. Verse 29, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Scripture saith unto the churches. <clears throat> Chapter 3, and unto the angel of the church in Sardis, and we're talking 1517 to 1789, Right. These things saith he that has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works, 
that thou hast a name, that thou livest and art dead. Yeah, and of course, Sardis means remnant or escapees. And those are, who are the escapees? The, the, well, they're the ones who escaped from Romanism. Okay. Okay. And uh, actually, toward the end of, uh, actually, I was thinking of amending the date here. Uh, I forget if I got this date from um, uh, from Howard Rand. I think this but, comes from Howard Rand, the 15th okay. century, 1789. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I might want to amend it to 1776 because okay. that was the beginning of America in the city of Philadelphia, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I might want to make that amendment when I do uh, Revelation, you know, uh, Revelation Unfolded Part 2, uh, I think, uh, because uh, th- that's more precise because uh, that's when America was founded in the city of Philadelphia. Okay. Okay. So uh, let's get back to uh, Sardis. Yeah. Now, it was during this time frame, this... Um, that uh, we had the French Revolution, which ended right. the power of papal Rome. Right, it did. It yes. was in 1789. So. That was in 1789, yes. Yeah. Uh, but from 1517 to 1776, with, uh, with America included, this is the great revival of Christianity, right? Uh, throwing off the power of Rome. And uh, the American Revolution was a Christian revolution, and of course, uh, the French Revolution was an atheistic revolution mm-hmm. and an Illuminati revolution. So, uh, 1517 is the year that it began when Martin Luther nailed uh, his uh, 95 theses to the door of the church at Wittenberg and uh, spelled the doom, the downfall, it began the Reformation, put it that way, mm-hmm. began the downfall of Romanism. Okay. Verse 2, yeah, I finished verse 1. Okay, be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die, for I have not found thy works perfect before God. Remember, therefore, how thou hast received and heard, and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief, and thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. And I think this can be interpreted in the sense, well, we had the 30 Years' War, we had uh, uh, Calvinism, and of course Romanism still survived, it was in constant conflict with the Reformation. So uh, I think every Christian had to do some soul-searching. Which way do I go? Do I stick with the Roman uh, Church? Do I follow Luther, or do I follow Calvin? Right? Mm-hmm. So uh, these are this is a period of great turmoil, great turmoil. But those who saw their way through, and I would say those who stuck with Luther, are the ones who are the uh, the remnant or the escapees. Okay. <clears throat> uh, verse four: Thou hast a few names, even in Sardis, which have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white. For they are worthy. Okay, who are those few? The followers of Martin Luther. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He that overcomes, the same shall be clothed in white raiment. And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. But I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. Okay, so if you're a true reformer, Yahshua will be your advocate on the day of judgment. Verse 6, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. And to the church, and to the angel of the church in Philadelphia. And uh, this would be the period, well, according to Rand, between 1789 and 1914. Right. You were saying they might want to back this up to 1776. Yeah, and of course, brotherly love is the meaning of the word Philadelphia. And as well as scriptural understanding I also have here. Right. These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that has the key of David, he that opens and no man shuts, and shuts and no man opens. Okay, what's what's the key of David? Well, if you read his Psalms, he praised and loved Yahweh's law. Okay? 
he he was obedient. He was probably the most obedient uh, Adamite next to Yahshua. Of course, he wasn't perfect. He he actually committed one murder. He did. He didn't and, actually commit the murder himself. Well, he his uh, man on the front line. Right. He, he instructed somebody to do it. But as king, he has the responsibility for it. Right. Okay. Right. So, and of course, the key to the kingdom is obedience to his laws. Mm-hmm. That's the key to the kingdom. And uh, he said, and that's why he always said, a man after my own heart, an Adamite after my own heart. So he believed in Yahweh's laws. He did his best to keep them. And that's your key to the kingdom, too. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Verse 8, I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door. And no man can shut it, for thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. All right, well, he kept my word. What's his words? Obey my commandments. Obey if you love me, keep my commandments, right? Yep, exactly. And we have not denied Yahshua the Messiah, as most of the modern churches have done, by following the Jews. They worship Christ in name only. In name only. And so... They hate Christ. Yeah, and so the door is open for those of us who keep his commandments and uh, do not uh, shrink back from his name. Verse 9, Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet and to know that I have loved you. What's that saying? It's saying that Jews will worship at our feet. Yeah, not worshiping us, but right, but um, worshiping Yahweh with us well, having the dominion and right. But uh, even then, insincerely, as uh, Greg Howard and I have, have demonstrated from the Book of Enoch, that they will admit their crimes, but they will not repent. There is no repentance in them. Well, they're going to be destroyed. That's right. They're going to be destroyed. But fact, probably what they'll, they'll, talk they'll, about they'll, any, any they'll race make of a, people being yeah. destroyed. That's the only race of people that the body. Right. Exactly. The Edomites. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Probably they will make a last ditch effort to appease us <laughs> mm-hmm. by coming out and saying, "Yeah, okay, we we lied for two thousand years. We lied. Uh, you, the Caucasians, are the real Israelites." Now save us. (laughs) (laughs) And they will know that he has loved us, not them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Verse 10. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world, to try them that dwell upon the earth. Okay, so the uh, United States of America in 1776, was based, was founded upon Yahweh's laws by preachers who preached obedience to his laws and repentance for our sinfulness. That's the source of the American Revolution. And those of us who hold fast to that, true patriots, true Adamic patriots, the door is always open to us and it says we will not be uh, we will not have to endure what the rest of the world is going to endure at the judgment mm-hmm. day, okay? Because we have kept his word, okay? But we will see people all around us in the tribulation of George Washington in his uh, vision at Valley Forge says every city in, in America is going to have hand-to-hand combat as part of this judgment day scenario. Mm-hmm. Verse 12, him that overcomes will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out, and I will write upon him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. Okay, well, Yahweh, Yahshua, okay. Yahshua in uh, uh, English transliteration of Yeshua, the Aramaic, which, of course, we lost, you know, the Israelites world over. The closest we have is Yezu in the Latin and Germanic, all right? 
but we have rediscovered his true name, Yahshua, and the true name of, of God, Yahweh. Mm-hmm. Although the Jews say we, we we're not supposed to pronounce the word Yahweh, right? So they're not they supposed to pronounce the word. <laughs> no, they're the ones. Not yeah, right. To. Yes. Verse thirteen, and we'll finish it up here. Yeah. Up here uh, next week. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Scripture saith unto the churches. Yes. So we'll so, pick it up with verse 14 with the Church of the Laodiceans next Right. Week. So understanding that th- these verses are intended for Israelites, uh, as Israelites who keep both Yahweh's commandments and uh, have faith in Jesus Christ, so both the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, uh, which is a, 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 probably another key of David, because David foresaw the coming of the Messiah, but didn't see it with his own eyes. So, but the the law, the law covenant, and the new covenant of redemption. Okay, the if you don't have those two, then you can't see, then you can't understand the Bible, let alone the Book of Revelation. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Very good. All right. Great. We will uh, pick it up here next week, chapter three, verse fourteen. Very good. Okay. All right. Yeah, see you next week. Bye bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.